Okay, so we are in the middle of a, a six-part homiletic series on the family. Today is part five, and last week for part four, we talked about prayer. We said we were going to go through three concrete things to help us get a better understanding of building a strong family. The first one was prayer. So in order to be really united and healthy as a family, we just got to be praying together. It's not like an optional thing. It's just, it's part of the mix. It's part of what makes a healthy and strong family. And the type and the quality of that prayer is extremely important. Can't be rushed, can't be box checking. It's gotta be intimate and deep. So the recommendation was to start or update your family orarium, your family prayer schedule. When, where, how long, and what are you gonna pray as a family. So you have the opportunity to invite these little people that you've made into the living relationship that you already have with Jesus. That's what's going on. You're saying, look how wonderful it is to know him. Let me show you how to know him. And the two concrete suggestions I, I made to put into that family prayer schedule, if you haven't already, is to use your parental authority to bless your children, either formally or informally. And we have more copies of the formal blessing that parents can give to their children in the back if you didn't get one last week. And two, to use your parental authority to cast evil away from them, either in deprecatory or imprecatory prayer. And so you can do that by memorizing the most basic anti-Satan prayer. I rebuke, reject, and renounce the spirit of mm, in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever it might be. Or getting a copy of Father Chad Ripperger's book, uh, Deliverance Prayers for Use of the Laity which is one of Father Tim's hot book picks in the rectory, if you ever go in there and you see the display like in our front office. This week, we wanna to transition to the second concrete reality, which is education. Um, both education and behavior, this week and next week, they fall into a category I call curating your family. So if you've been in marriage prep uh, or marriage renewal here at the parish, you know that I tell everybody, when you get married, when you have a family of your own, you get to be the curator of that family. So you get to choose uh, what goes and what stays from your family of origin. It's basically uh, an analysis of how you were raised. And to pull it off, to pull that off, care, it calls for uh, careful thought. You gotta be really thoughtful about it. And a lot of conversations. Got to talk about it a lot. So you got to actually sit down with your spouse or spouse-to-be and openly talk about how you were raised, the good and the bad, and then game plan what's going to go and what's going to stay from your collective experience of family life as you make this new family, as you curate it. What teachings are you going to pass on to your kids? What are we going to teach them? And what behavior are you going to tolerate or not tolerate? How are we going to train them to behave? Those are the two main questions that you're trying to get at in that process of game planning. Most people don't do this, especially in the secular world, but certainly also in the Catholic world. And I think, in my empirical experience, just from observation, not doing that actually leads to most of the problems that pop up in family life. 
because a problem is usually some sort of unprocessed trauma or some sort of thing that just got kind of ground into your head that you never really thought about and then you replicate it. So what I want to do this week is break down what that education looks like, a few areas of that education. And it centers around uh, two principles. So the two principles are very simple and very core to our Catholic faith. The first one is humanity has fallen. Humanity has fallen. Like every human being, baptized or not, tends toward doing evil things. That's what being fallen is. So when we're kids, prior to being able to fully actualize the potentiality of our reason, we can't quite do it yet, uh, we just kind of do whatever we feel like. And a lot of our feelings, though, are geared toward bad things. That's just being a fallen creature. So we're constantly sinning, just constantly sinning, sometimes very seriously. It's just that we can't be held accountable for those sins because we're too little. Our reason hasn't kicked in yet, but nevertheless, they are sins. But the church says we do not have culpability for them until around the age of seven. Seven is about where reason kicks in for most people. Second core principle, uh, from knowledge comes action. From knowledge comes action. You can teach a seven-year-old stuff, okay? So if I don't know airplanes exist, my probability of getting to Europe is pretty low. My knowledge directly corresponds to my action. So apart from instinct and the operation of our conscience, which can become malformed, uh, us rational creatures, we got to learn something in order to know that we can do it or that we shouldn't do it. Even if that's just through like thought experimenting on our own, but preferably from someone older, holier, and wiser than us teaching us that. So the logical conclusion from these two principles is that if we don't actively, thoughtfully, constantly teach children what they should know, then they won't know how they should behave. And from the earliest of ages, they'll begin to build habits of sin, even before they're able to be guilty for those sins. Their education, it has to be intentional and organized. It can't be a sort of a make it up as you go kind of a thing, especially if those conversations about family of origin and the brokenness therein haven't happened, makes it all the more important. Goes back to the, um, the old adage, rarely are people who don't plan successful. So what does that look like? The intentional organized education of, of children. I would offer um, three subcategories. And uh, there are many, but I think these three are at the top or close to the top. One is the game plan, which we just talked about. Two is homeschool in quotation marks. And three is picking the right school. So game plan is there just has to be a willingness on the part of both spouses to do this for real, to actually sit down, put aside the time, 
to plan how are we going to teach these kids, how are we going to educate these kids 0 to 18? There has to be full mutual buy-in and then the sacrifice of the time to do it. Healed people heal people and hurt people hurt people. And if you don't plan to heal, you're going to cause a lot of hurt inadvertently. It just automatically happens. So, you're answering the two main questions. What are we going to teach them? How are we going to train them to behave? Two, homeschool in quotes. There's three things that I think we should be focusing on in the home. Faith, morality, and vocations. So faith, you learn to love Jesus in general from other people that love Jesus. Got to teach kids basic theology and philosophy. So if you don't know it, it's your God-given responsibility to know it, to know basic theology and philosophy in the church so you can teach your kids. God, humans, the world, the church, sin, redemption, salvation, Catholic anthropology. Why are you an infinitely beloved and valuable daughter or son of God? Being able to explain that to them. Two, morality is why do we do what we do and why do we not do what we not do? That's a question that not a lot of us were allowed to ask at certain points in our life. It was just kind of like, well, do it. I say jump, you say how high. But in reality, it's much better to say like, sweetheart, I love you, and here's why we do this. Okay. Vocations, so important. Married life, religious life, priesthood, single celibate life. Uh, they've been excised from the conversation in our church. We've got to put them back into the conversation. So we've got to teach the micro-sized humans how to discern in general so that they can discern the will of God for their life because that's going to be the most important thing that they ever discern. What is God's path for them from here to heaven? That's what we're all shooting for. And the third big thing is picking the right school, like external school. The basic idea here, tried to boil it down as much as I could, is the right school is the one where Jesus is Lord. Simple as that. There are tons of Catholic and Christian schools where he's kind of more like a mascot uh, or like uh, a good teacher that can show you important life lessons sort of a thing. He's not that. He's the Lord. He's the Savior. Without Him, every single one of us would be condemned to certain eternal death. Does that school teach that? And do the teachers there believe that? Because that's the most basic core principle of our faith. As Pope St. Uh, Paul VI once said, the smoke of Satan has entered the church. And that means that we simply can't trust every school out there that has the word Catholic in the title. We just can't do it. Some of them are not Catholic at all. They're just private schools. So the right school is where Jesus is Lord. So, summing up, education, critical to having a healthy family. Absolutely critical. People are fallen and we tend toward doing bad stuff. So we have to be explicitly educated 
as to what the right path is in an intentional and organized way. Three ways that we can do that is game plan it out with our spouse or our spouse-to-be, teach faith and morality and vocational discernment in the home, and then make sure we're sending the kids to a school where Jesus is Lord. 